0: Amen. Amen. And thank you, Babs. It was a long passage, wasn't it? You know, the Bible's full of them long passages. We learn so much from them. In this passage, Paul is um talking to his um the the church of Galatia which he helped which he helped start and and they've been being led over to the way of, of the law and, 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 and becoming Jews first. <coughs> excuse me. And, um, and he's, he's arguing that this is not the way you're supposed to be. Um, excuse me. I'm still loading. My, my Bible's loading. When he turns this, 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 this. He says, "You who are Gentiles, you who are not originally part of this the the the, 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 the family of God, you who are, who are outsiders, you who are not circumcised and have not been raised up in the in the church." as part of the, the faith. You are now grafted in. You are now heirs with Jesus. You, you don't have to become a Jew first. The descendants of Abraham are uh, baptized and you Are now bad. You are now, he says, now you are descendants of Abraham. That means if you have accepted Jesus Christ, you believe in him, (coughs) and confess with your mouth, you are a descendant of Abraham. Wow, that's something special. He says, because you, you offered salvation. Galatians chapter 4 verse 4 says, When the time came, when it came time, couldn't happen before then, didn't happen, it wasn't going to happen after then, it was at the right time. Ain't that one of those, those words we don't like to hear so often, right? When the time is right. Right? How many of us are praying for things to happen, and God says, you know, when it's time, and we're like, uh, time was yesterday, God. Didn't you hear? The, I, I told you the time was yesterday. And, and he's like, when the time is right. Some of you are like, I know Jesus is coming back before I die, and I'm getting closer every day. So God, you better hurry up. And he's like, when the time is right, not your time. He says, when time came to completion, God sent his son to be born a woman under the law. He was a Jew. He was under the law. He says, you were a Jew. He came, verse 5, to redeem Those under the law. (coughs) Boy, I'm sorry. So that we might have the adoption of sons. Because you are a son of God. Sent the Spirit of the Son into our hearts crying, Abba Father. And what a blessing that is to be able to cry out. and We are allowed to say, Abba, Father. We're allowed to say Abba, Father. And he says, we as, as we have been freed, we, we have been, because of this Son who came and become Abba, Father, we have been freed. We're under slavery. We become heirs of God, which means if we can't be under, if we're going to be heirs of God, we can't be under the slavery. And when he says we're slaves, I love the way he puts it. Slavery under the elemental spiritual forces of the world. Wow, that is like a powerful statement right there. Because there's a lot of things we can put under that umbrella. There's a lot of things to say. Elemental spiritual forces of the world. You ever thought about what that includes? I mean, some of you are like right off to demons. Demons, ah. And, and there might be some demon talk about that in there, but that's not the primary focus of that elemental, spiritual of the world. The way of the world is the way the world does things, and so we're free from things like what's that song that we just sang? We're free from fear. Ooh. Not that you will never be afraid. Fear is actually a good thing. You ever thought about that? Fear is a good thing. It makes us do things like not shoot someone because we're afraid of either consequences or that it might get hurt. or We don't play with fire because we're afraid we might burn ourselves. Fear is a natural reaction. You have that, that fear. God put fear in there to pr- promote that fight, flight, or freeze response. I mean, you either run in fear, you either fight in fear, or you freeze and play possum. All are valid fear responses. Fears in God, there could be healthy fears. Hmm. And some of you are saying, well, I counted in the Bible, there was 300 and something, something, something. Where it, it says, do you don't know fear. And you know what, every time of that is when God is saying it's time to go do something. Fear can be a good thing, but you are not slave to fear. Because you are, that's what it says, you are not slave, you were under the slavery under the elemental spiritual forces of the world. You are not slave to fear. I mean, it's not just fear it's talking about. It's not, how's another one? Anger. You know, anger is actually a good thing in, in, in its proper place. You get mad about someone being, some injustice going on. You get anger promotes us to do something. Anger in its bad place, when you're a slave to anger, is when you take a baseball bat to someone. Anger in its bad place is when you start cussing everyone out. Anger can be a good thing. But when you're a slave to sin, you're going to act unhealthy in your anger. And we can talk about other things, but... What we're, it's sin. We're not slave to sin anymore. That's that church word, right? We're not slave to sin anymore. Sin. Sin is that time. You like to throw all the lists of the do-nots, right? Right? do not do this, do not do this, do do this, do not, that's the sin. No, sin is any time that you step off the path that leads to life and onto the path that leads to destruction. It's not just about a do not list, Right? We start playing that do not that, that list game. We're going, well, that's not on the list. I can get away with it. But you know, if you say you get away with it, you know it's on that list. It's a path that leads to destruction. Sin is that that leads you to destruction. And you are not slavery to the elemental spiritual forces of the world. And you're not slave to. And I love in the Bible that the word slavery. Right? Any time you hear the word slavery, your mind should automatically, you know, we're Americans. We tend to think about the transmatic slave thing. Mm-mm, that's not. If you're reading the Bible, that's not where you're supposed to go. You can apply some things to that, but that's not where you're automatically supposed to go. You're supposed to go back further. You go all the way back to the Book of Exodus. That's where your mind's automatically supposed to slavery. Let's go back to Exodus. Remember the descendants of Abraham. They eventually made their way into Egypt because of a famine. And then there was a regime change, and the Pharaoh changed hand, and, and the Pharaoh came and said he knew not. They w- made the Israelite, the Hebrews slaves. There were other slaves at the time, too, but the Hebrews slaves. And then God, after a, a time passed, when it, what was that word when time came to completion you remember they were like that time was before we started slavery God and God said no when time came to completion he pulled them out of slavery and so now I love this Paul is saying you Gentiles You are part of the story, too. The the Hebrews, the Jews, they were like, oh, this is our story. We went to Egypt. We pulled out. God made us a nation. Paul says, you're part of that story, too. Christ pulled you out of slavery just like God pulled Israelites out of slavery and made you free. Mm. And then we go on in that, that that chapter. You can think back in that chapter, right? He says, "But you, my heart." He says, "I'm perplexed by you. You think you're going to go back, right? We want to go back to slavery." He's applying the same story from Exodus and Numbers to the people of Galatians. They're still part of that story. And aren't we still part of that story too? You know, things were, I don't know, I was a slave, but things weren't so bad. I mean, I didn't have to eat just manna all the time. Or God wasn't just providing quail. and I knew where the water was. What? Maybe it was sewer water, but at least I knew it was where the water was at. I didn't need someone to knock on a stone. And isn't milk and honey sticky anyways? I mean, they were, the, and he's saying, you guys are doing the same thing they did. You're going back. He's saying, I want to be back under slavery. I want to be back under the law. I want to be back under the spiritual forces. And, you know, you could be slave. You could be freed from the bondage of sin in your life. Jesus could knock that, those chains off of you and you're free. And you can still be slave because of your own addictions and habits. It's just, we need to do the work sometimes. Addictions, you got to go through the process of getting clean, right? Alcohol. Think about th- those of you in this room, you think about how you went through AA. And you went through the process. You got together with a group who were going through it together. And you know what no whatever your habit, your addiction is there's other people that are going through it. I know you think you are alone in that because we all like we, we get like that right I'm alone Mm-mm. There are other people struggling with the same sins you are You are not alone You don't have to do this alone And he says you know you are heirs of Christ you are, sl- but you may be still slave to sin because of your habits. I think pornography—that's one of those problems. And I can—I can talk about pornography as an example because it made more money. The pornography industry made more money last year than the NBA, NBLA, and NFL combined. So I can talk about that as an example. You know, if you're addicted to pornography, you are still slave to it, even though he has freed you from that slavery. You have to go through the process of becoming free, getting together, doing it alone. But he says, because you are free, as you are freed, I have made you into heirs of God. You ever think about that? You're an heir of God. You're an heir. What's that mean? That means you get to inherit some stuff, right? At a certain time, at a certain appointed time, property, belongings, and blessings of another get inherited to you. Now, a lot of times we get caught up on the death issue. Well, it's when we die or when someone else dies. I mean, how many of you guys... But it could but it doesn't have to be when someone dies. The Bible accounts for it. Think of the prodigal son. He didn't spend his inheritance too bad, but he asked for it in advance. How many of you guys received your job because someone retired? I hear some, some some millennials. I hear some of you guys out there saying, I wish some of you other people would retire so I could get their job. <laughs> but God says, We are his heirs, which means we're responsible for seeing The business of the Father. Representing Him when He's not physically present. And the Bible tells us that if if we have accepted Christ, if we believe in Jesus, we are heirs of Christ. That means if we believe in Jesus... John 1, 12, we are born again is what it, what it says in John three if we receive the spirit of adoption is what he, Galatians call it renewed in the image of God Colossians calls it if you have faith in Jesus if you believe in Him and confess with your the Bible says if you believe in your mouth you confess if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth then you will be saved then we're in to inherit. And the Bible tells us what we're going to inherit. We're going to inherit in salvation. Salvation, a lot of times we talk about salvation in when we die, right? It's like we save now. And, but it's not just salvation when you die. Yes, there is an element of that. But it's salvation from the path that leads to destruction while you live on this earth too. A life that is better. So there is that eternal life. We're going to, we're going to save to eternal life. <clears throat> that isn't just after you die, when you go to heaven. It's now. You have eternal If you have accepted Jesus, you have eternal life now. A life to its fullest that begins now. Heirs to the kingdom. We're saved to heirs of care through God the Father. And all of this, all of this, Paul's, Paul's not just making stuff up. He's saying what you're going to do is reclaim an image that was all the way back at the very beginning of the Bible. Genesis chapter 1. You remember that story? Genesis chapter 1, God created the heaven and the earth, and it was void, without life, it was empty, without order, and he creates, he spends six days, three days, six days solving that problem. And the seventh day he rested. Remember that sixth day. He says, Then God said, Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, he says, so that we may rule, o- he may rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the sky, over livestock and the wild animals, over the creatures that move along the ground. So he's saying, Paul's saying, when you become heirs with Christ, you get to reclaim that promise. All the way back in Genesis chapter 1, that we done done screwed up. Because you remember, keep reading in Genesis chapter 2, we messed that up. He says, When you are adopted back in, you get to become heirs with Him. And we get to be in the body. And we live as heirs then, in the future, right, when we die, but now as well. We're a bride waiting for the groom, part of the kingdom. And during this life, as heirs of God, now we have the promises. He makes he once he promises he promises all kinds of stuff right. Not every promise in the Bible is about you. I know some of us are narcissistic enough to think that. Not every promise in the Bible is about you, nor should you claim every promise in the Bible. But there are some that he has promised you, and I'm not going to make the complete list. That would take me all day. Let's just name a few, right? He'll be with us. Hmm. Jesus says, "And I'm going to be with you till the end of the age." He promises the Holy Spirit, and says, "This is a gift that comes upon you when you accept it." That Holy Spirit comes upon you and is the remember that word Counselor, that one who comes beside you. He promises he's going to hear us. Hmm a god that actually hears us i think about those gods that elijah was fighting against right you know and god, he's, t- he's they're, they're praying out cutting themselves trying to get their god's attention and he's like well maybe they're traveling or maybe they're thinking or maybe they're in the bathroom and 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 elijah cries out god of israel hear me and god heard him and it's you know, we, we God that hears us, God that provides our needs. As the creator God, he provides our needs. It may not be what you want it to look like, right? He promises that he will come back again, right? He says, as I have left, I'm going to return. He promises that he is going to prepare a room for us a place, a dwelling place for you. And if it was not so, he would not tell us so. He promises that he will not tempt us with anything that is not common to man. That goes back to that idea. We feel like we're all alone. You're tempted by something. You're like, I'm the only one in this room. No one understands. And you know what? You may be right. Someone next to you may not understand because they are not you. But I guarantee every temptation that you are going through, someone else is going through it too. You are not alone. We may have to find that person, but you are not alone. And we get in trouble with those lies, those, you know, those, those wonderful lies we tell ourselves, right? Like always and nobody and everybody. We use those general, general Everybody, nobody. How many of you guys got in that pity party in your life sometimes, right? Some of you were in that pity party this morning. Nobody hears me. Nobody cares. And we can laugh because we've all been there. Those generalities, nobody, everybody, everybody, they're generalities, they're lies. It's important that you call out, you know, when you, you know, when you mean nobody, and you mean my husband, let's be honest. Because This is not something that just for today, it's something for today. And as we are heirs with Christ, we are to be about our Father's business. And we're to rule, it says rule, like Christ, rule with Christ. Mm, You know, if we're called to rule of Christ, I think... Too often we, we hear that we're rule and we automatically think, we need to be like Pharaoh or kings, or, and we need to put ourselves first. Because that's often what we do, isn't it? That's how often how we rule. Well, I'm to subjugate, put it under my thumb. That's not what the Bible means when it says "rule with Christ. Christ was the creator. God is the creator. Who cares and loves for his creation and wants it to have life to its fullest. So it means under everything under your sphere of influence is meant to have life to its fullest. The people under you or the children, they're to have life to their fullest. And I don't mean being spoiled, I mean life to their fullest. You know, if we ruled like that, we wouldn't be known as viruses. Humankind. You read sci-fi novels, there's quite a few of them out there. That relates mankind to viruses. You know what a virus does? It comes in, it consumes the natural resources of the element, the body, eats it up, and then kills it off. Destroys. Your body has to violently throw it up or expel it or burn it off because it's killing it. And if we were ruling like Christ, we wouldn't be known as viruses because we would care and love and desire life for that which we are if we ruled our homes and those around us like Christ, there wouldn't be this talk of, well, I can't subjugate to him or I can't. Subjugation wouldn't be a problem because we can submit ourselves to them because they're ruling like Christ. Or too often we've had people that submit to people who aren't living like Christ. And then they end up destroying life. Because it's not all about submission, it's about life. And we see families destroyed because parents and their love didn't love like Christ, they loved like they love themselves and then we see families destroyed if we were to love like Christ if we were to rule like Christ these things wouldn't be an issue And it isn't just about reading your Bible. Say, well, how do I? I need to to rule like Christ. I'm going to have to spend time with Him. Absolutely. You need to spend time with Christ. But you need to read the Bible and spend time with the God, the Creator God, in His love, His mercy, His truth, His righteousness. Because you could read the Bible all day long and still miss the God that wrote it. We don't worship the Bible. We worship the God that created the heavens and the earth. And we're the ones that are here to represent God in a fallen world, because we are His children. And as representatives of Him, we are to show them God. We are, they should see God in us. Think about, about the people that, you know, you see God in some people. You know that they're godly people. And think about some people that were supposed to be like God, but they were, you know, the God of the, the police force, just waiting for you to mess up, they're thumping you with the Bible. I like, some of you guys were thumped with your Bible, weren't you? god of the candy machine. Oh yes, you, you ask and I'll sh- I'll give you. I'll give you yeah, whatever you want, kid. We're supposed to represent Christ, which means we represent love to those who do not followed by truth and truth and love. So I guess the question becomes as we get to our next steps is am I living as an heir, I may be an heir to Christ, but I may be living more like the, par- prod- uh, par- uh, the, the prodigal child, out living and doing my own thing. Or maybe I'm the living like the child who just was all bitter and hateful, and upset, like, I've always been good. Why, are you God, you blessing your other kids? They live; they don't live like me. I'm always good, right? And that's how that other child lived, right? He was all bitter up inside. You know what? Neither one is going to give you life. They're both going to lead to destruction. Am I living like Christ? Am I living... Maybe I'm at the point where I'm I'm not living like Christ because I don't even know Christ. I have not accepted Him as Lord and Savior. The Bible tells us that it... That if we believe in our heart, that we believe that he, he came to earth, he died for us, he, he rose from the dead and is sitting on the right hand taking our place. If he's taking our place, we believe that and we confess it with our mouth. We believe it not, not just in our head, not just in our heart, not just in our tummies, but our whole self. If We believe that. We make it part of our life. And we will be saved. And maybe that's where you're at. You're at the point where I need to. I'm not an heir of Christ because i have not never believed it, and I want to believe it. Maybe you're the part where you say, "You know what? I've accepted Christ a long time ago, but you know what? There's some things that I'm still slavery in slavery to, and they are make they are. I'm not living like an heir of Christ. I'm not living like an image of God." I'm not living like I'm, I'm living more like uh, the, because you got that sin in your life that's really screwing things up. It's leading you down a path of destruction. You know, when we talk about our next steps, dealing with those issues should be your first issue. The Bible, Jesus says, it's better to cut off your hand He didn't mean literally cut off your hand. He meant deal with the issue. So we'll we'll go back to pornography. That's an easy one. If it's your issue, you know what? You're going to have to memorize Scripture during that time than you're normally dealing with pornography. You're going to get rid of your computer. You're going to get rid of your phone. You're going to maybe get rid of your DVD player. Do people still have those? I don't know about DVD player. You're going to get rid of that stuff. And that time when you normally look at a part, you're going to be looking, reading your Bible. Because if you, do, you can't just quit it. You have to. But whatever your sin is, you're going to take those steps. If it's gossip, you know that time you're normally gossiping, you're going to be reading your scriptures. Singing the, the gospel hymn. If it's, you know, your your sin is you're a hoarder, you know, you're going to give some stuff away. But you're not going to fill it back up. You're going to spend that time, that money that you would normally spend hoarding, you were going to spend that with Christ. Whatever it is, you're going to replace that sin with Christ. That time you would normally sit brooding over those people that hurt you in the past, you're going to recognize they hurt me? Absolutely. But when I catch myself brooding about it, bitter and angry, I'm going to turn that time over to Christ. And if there's something that makes me always think about them, guess what? I'm going to get rid of that. We're going to take those next steps. You say, well, I'm, a, I'm in the image of God. I don't have anything serious in my life. I know we all have sins, but I don't have any habitual sins that are really holding me down. And then the next question is, am I the image of Christ so people can see him? Am I the image of Christ so people can see him? So I'm in the image of Christ all day long in my bedroom where no one can see me. And they definitely ain't going to see him. You know, I was reading the Bible, and I was looking for the spiritual gift sections, and nowhere in there was watching Netflix on your couch, eating popcorn. <laughs> didn't find it. Just didn't find it. What I did find was teaching, prophesying, and serving, and giving, and you know what all these things have in common? They're all about interacting in the body of Christ. What an honor it is that we get to call him Abba Father. Are we living like it? Father God, I pray right now that you make us into your image. Lord, we want to claim,